<laughs> Hello and welcome to the Wheel of Crime podcast, the podcast where two ladies spin a wheel, mumble profanities, and laugh way too often. As well, this to- this podcast covers topics of sensitive nature. As such, listener discretion is advised. Enthusiastic <laughs> uncle. Wow. <laughs> I'm trying to master the Owen Wilson. Wow. <laughs> You're getting close. But uh, welcome to the Wheel of Crime podcast. Uh, my name is Emily. My name is Jen. And we will be your hosts as we are every week for the Wheel of Crime. Uh, this week we are covering Easter as a topic. As a Today's first. Good Friday and that's a holiday, I think. Yeah, it's a holiday. Well, it's a Catholic <laughs> holiday. I don't know if it's a holiday holiday, but... Here, you know what we need to do to start off this episode? I have no idea. Do you have a joke? Oh, wow. Yeah, three little joints. It goes pole vault over the thing. It goes, oh, there he oh, is. Wow. Oh, wow. Seven projects. Wow. 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 Okay. I'm done. <laughs> just gotta get it on my system. <laughs> just, uh, I had to do wow. it, guys. Wow. 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 <laughs> I can tell you've been practicing. Wow! But yes, for any new listeners, we're very annoying. Um, yeah. Happy, happy to have you here. Uh, Give us five stars on iTunes if you also think we're annoying. <laughs> and uh, hopefully you stick around long enough for us to do our show. To use our murder kit. And our wheel of crime. <laughs> the crime that is a wheel? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, do you want to start us off by spinning for some questions? Yeah! I love to spin. Alright, what is your favorite Easter memory? I have a memory, uh, I can't remember what year this took place. I was in... Oh, I thought you were going to say, I have a memory that I don't remember, and then just end it. <laughs> I was like, why do, you, why do you short me on our questions every week? <laughs> why do you auto-complete my sentences? <laughs> my brain does it. I, I don't do it. It's, it. She's responsible. Anyways, I can't remember what year this happened. All I know, I was in middle school. And my parents used to have, like, an Easter egg hunt after church or whatever. Yeah. And I... After you were a good Catholic school. <laughs> yeah, back in the day. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time ago. Anyways, lots changed. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> besides the point. Yes. I'm not even going to go there. Anyway. Um, so... so we had had this Easter egg hunt, and we got all our chocolate, and I had my, like, full basket of chocolate, and I just remember, like, sitting on our couch watching, like, that cartoon that was about, like, the orphanage for imaginary friends. Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends? Yes, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. I was watching that show, and it was, like, a marathon. I was just eating so much chocolate, and my stomach hurt, but I was like, I'm determined to eat all of this chocolate right now. That is determination. <laughs> so great my, like, my family's like sitting somewhere else having coffee talking and i'm just like there in by myself like, <gasps> that is a great memory <laughs> so good wish i could go back to that 
Yeah, that'd be nice. Less responsibilities. <laughs> no kidding, right? <laughs> well, my favorite is uh, my grandpa. Uh, so I grew up on a farm. A farm. I grew up on a farm for a brief period of my life. And I also lived on my grandpa's farm. And he d- used to do an Easter egg hunt every year where we'd get to take out the quad and go to the different parts of the farm and go Easter egg hunting. And he'd always have these good chocolates and stuff that he would keep in the Easter eggs, and Aww. yeah, and everybody had like their own color of Easter egg that they had to look for. So there wasn't anybody who could like steal yours, for example, because my cousins are thieves, <laughs> selfish little bastards. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> you can't call me out. I didn't hear you disagree, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, no, and then we'd uh, go back to the farm, and my grandma usually had some kind of dinner made for everybody there, and we'd all sit outside because it like. I remember this one day, especially the one year it was, it was the last year we did it. And, uh, we all went back and I think she made turkey that time. And it was a really nice day outside. And we all like sat out in like the patio chairs in the sun, eating turkey and potatoes and lots of chocolate. Oh, that sounds nice. I know. It was really sweet. What's your favorite Easter candy? Ooh, there's so many. There are malt Easter eggs, actually, you can get. And I don't know where my mom buys them, and she refuses to tell me. Because <laughs> she knows yeah, you would she overindulge. All of them. I would. <laughs> I'd make a meal out of it. <laughs> this is healthy, right? This is breakfast. <laughs> Literally. I used to love those, the, like, Cadbury cream eggs where you got, like, the little spoon and you scooped it out of it. Oh. I don't remember what those were. Um, yeah, I think yeah, they are Cadbury. I don't remember exactly what they are, though. They had, like, I've... some, like, candy filling, but it was, like, it's supposed to be, like, egg, and you, like, scooped it out with, like, a little spoon, yeah. and then you ate the chocolate, and it was great. Mm-hmm. I loved that as a kid. I did also really like, as a kid, uh, milk chocolate, no, no, milk chocolate, white chocolate Easter bunnies. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> They're so good. White chocolate is underappreciated. It is underappreciated. Uh, I really, really like actually those, uh, like, it's not Easter candy, of course. The Hershey's milk. The I- cookies and cream? Yes! That's like one of my faves. I know. I get random cravings for them sometimes, and I'm like, it's so good. But uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I feel like Easter is definitely a good time for candy, as are most holidays. But I will give a bonus answer, though, and say there is actually one Easter candy I really don't like. What's that? Peeps. I also hate those. I was just yes! about to say that. Uh, every year, every year, I somehow end up with either a yellow or a pink peep. Ugh, they're I- terrible. They're not good for you. They don't taste good. You eat them and you're like, I hate myself for eating them. You're like, I wish I could give these to someone else, but everyone I know doesn't want to eat them. Because they're terrible. I know. Just terrible. Even my dog doesn't even want to eat them. <laughs> he just smells it. He's like, ooh, what's that? <laughs> give me some kale instead. <laughs> he vacuumed kale up off the floor the other day. I was like, why do you do this? What kind of animal are you? You like your vegetables? <laughs> You're so healthy. I don't know. <laughs> Oliver, are you into fitness? <laughs> he might be. He does CrossFit. <laughs> On the down low. <laughs> On the down. He's like not one of those like CrossFitters who is in your face about it, but he's just like, I'm just cool and I also do CrossFit. He never talks about it, but he has an Instagram page. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you, yeah. you can find it if you look hard enough. <laughs> but he also has like 4 million subscribers. So like. Or followers. Subscribers. <laughs> Welcome to his YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> he also does YouTube. What a dog. Wow, my dog is amazing and I didn't even know. <laughs> so, he's so versatile. 
Multifaceted. <laughs> Multifaceted. Puffy dog. What is your spin? Do you prefer ham or turkey on Easter? Neither. I'm a vegetarian. I know. I don't know why I put that question down. <laughs> but back when you weren't a vegetarian, do you... Turkey. I, w- I liked turkey when I was not a vegetarian. Yeah. But now... But a lot's changed since, but like... Now the thought of it kind of weirds me out. I don't know. When you see turkey neck... Ugh. When people are preparing turkeys, it really makes you not want to eat the turkey, but I'm a sucker for stuffing. I never liked stuffing. Well, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, your family does stovetop stuffing. Yeah. Which is really different than actual homemade stuffing. Like, my mom does homemade mm-hmm. stuffing. Ooh, it is so good. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I literally... Oh, what, what year was it? I did one year where all I did was had, like, a big plate of stuffing, and my mom's like... Illegal! <laughs> Stop it right now! Because for me, I'm I'm not really a big fan of either ham or turkey. What what would you pick if you had to? I'd still pick turkey, but because I like the dark meat, I'm not a white meat person. Mm. Yeah, so the it, white meat always tastes so dry. Yeah, and then I feel like the people who like uh, the white meat part of it usually put gravy on it. I don't like gravy though, really. And I don't like gravy. <laughs> <laughs> I like poutine or poutine. You just like cheese. That's all you eat. You're just like, hello, cheese curds. Let me take all of these. And I'm like, now I'm just stuck with fries and gravy. What did I pay extra $3 for? I'm glad you didn't see me last night because I was literally eating cheese out of a bag. <laughs> I'm not even surprised. I was feeling a little snackish and I didn't want to make anything. But I was like, hey, there is a bag of cheese. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, wait. Yes, that's my life. So would you rather be the Easter bunny for a week or a real bunny for a day? Real bunny for a day. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like if you dress up as the Easter bunny, you The have... Easter bunny is scary. Have you, you seen photos? Well, and you have to entertain children, and I don't like entertaining children. I almost was a Christmas elf in university because Where I was... Are you? I saw the job posting and I was a broke university student and I was like, that, that could be fun. I like Christmas. Sounds like an interesting... I like the movie Elf. It sounds like a cool job. So I went to this interview and it's four old people and they're like, I'm Mrs. Claus and I'm Santa, blah, blah, blah. And I'm Santa, blah, blah, blah. Because there's three different Santas and there's one Mrs. Claus there. And I'm like, this is a weird situation. And they're like, okay, sing for us now. And I'm like... Sing for us. And I'm like... Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle Crying. And they're like, okay, now do a puppet show. And I'm like, what did I sign up for? And I got the job. I got this job. And they're like, hey, now we're having an orientation with all the elves at our house. And this was right before Halloween. At a house? At Santa's house. Hang on. You said this was right before Halloween? Halloween. Yes, this. Oh. They did. We're doing all the interviews for the. You might have signed up for a Christmas orgy. We're getting there. (laughs) So I get to Santa's house and I walk in and it's literally like a thousand tiny Santa figurines set up everywhere and the Christmas tree is up and I'm like, okay, like I like Christmas and I always joke like, haha, now that Halloween's over, I'm going to decorate. But like, like it was too much for me. (laughs) It was too Christmas. And they kept being like, here, have a Christmas cookie. And I'm like, this is so weird. That is super bizarre. And then they're like, everyone now gets to pick their elf name. And we like went around in a circle and I was like, I'm going to be Buddy. 
after that, sat in my car as I escaped this because they wanted me to stay for another hour just to socialize. And I was like, no, I have like an appointment. I gotta go. Sorry, you said this was only till two and I gotta go now. That was a Christmas orgy. And I like got in my car and started driving home and I was just like, there's no fucking way. And then you read the police report the next day. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way I'm doing that. No Thank you. So I, I would not be the Easter bunny. I'd be a real bunny. Just saying. I would want I want to say a real bunny, but I also know that there are a lot of things in this world that eat rabbits, so I would hope that I'm an indoor bunny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than an outdoor bunny. But also those bunnies at Petland get like terrorized by small children. Oh, I know. I know. They like see you and their eyes are like dinner plates. They're like, Don't touch me anymore. <laughs> Stop. Oh, but they're so cute though. They are cute. Mm-hmm. Can't believe you've never Never told me that story before. <laughs> I kind of repressed. We tell each other everything. <laughs> I kind of repressed it. I was, I don't. This might seem weird about that. I don't think I'm gonna do that. And then I didn't. And I I, I emailed Santa. And I was like, I sorry. No. I emailed Santa. <laughs> He's like, sorry, I can't. And he was like super pissed. Weird. And then a year. I bet you a lot of people quit. Mm-hmm. And then a year later, I worked at the mall in like the administration section of the mall, uh-huh. and I had to interact with Santa because I was part of my job was to interact with vendors. And he was like so salty because he remembered me, and he's like, mm, "You're the elf who quit before Christmas." <laughs> you're the elf who quit. <laughs> It's like the little train that could. And I was like, I'm sorry, but the puppet show was what threw me off. <laughs> it was weird. And all your figurines, they were staring in my soul. That's terrifying. What's well, terrifying? I want to say I feel bad for you, but I'm kind of happy you had this experience so you can talk to me about it. <laughs> I remember I never told anyone at my work and they would always just be like, why are you so like... Weird, <laughs> weird about talking about Santa. And then I like I finally told one of the girls, I was like... I had this experience at Santa's house last year. <laughs> she was like, oh she's, my god. She's like, at the North Pole? <laughs> she's like, oh my god. He had a thousand Santa figurines. And I was like, literally, I'm not even exaggerating. It was a thousand. <laughs> it was so weird. That's hilarious. That's my life. I can't even. I, I can't. <laughs> Oh, but uh, want me to do our description? Yeah. <laughs> now that we move on from Christmas and get back to Easter. All the holidays are the same. <laughs> so Easter, also called Pascha or Resurrection Sunday, <laughs> is a festival and holiday celebrating the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Described. <laughs> she always gives me this look. And she never says anything. And you're ridiculous. <laughs> and just silently judging you. It's fine. Mm-hmm. The described in the New <laughs> Testament as having occurred on the third day of his burial after his crucifixion by the Romans at Calvary in 30 AD. It is the culmination of the Passion of Jesus preceded by Lent or Great Lent, a 40-day period of fasting, prayer, and penance. You know what my response to that is? Oh, wait. Wow. 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 You think that's so funny? (laughs) I am funny. (laughs) Wow. Wow. All right. uh, Who should go first this week? You or me? Take it away, Em. I love it. Drum roll. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited this week. It's all that coffee you've been having. (laughs) Nah. It's a leg of sleep. (laughs) I feel that. I was up until... 
three in the morning eating cheese last <laughs> night. Uh, but yes, I have a little tiny, tiny crimes again. The teeny, tiny, weeny crimes. The teeny crimes. The teeny crims. Tell us about the teeny crim. So, I have the Easter Bunny who brawled with a father in a New Jersey mall. <laughs> Me too. Right. Jersey City Police responded to the Newport Center Mall in March 2016 after reports of a fight between the mall's costumed Easter Bunny and the father of a little girl. Kasim Charles, 22, the bunny in question, and Juan Jimenez Guerrero, 44, the father of the one-year-old girl, brawled after she slipped off the rabbit's lap while getting her photo taken. Both Charles and Jimenez Guerrero were being charged with aggravated assault and disorderly conduct. Watching the twist. Twitter video, you can see the Easter Bunny tearing off his thick white gloves to <laughs> scuffle with Jimenez Guerrero. <laughs> Dozens of mall goers can also be seen surrounding the brawling duo, with some of the crowd participating in the fight as security guards attempt to calm the situation. Like, you know, as soon as that bunny takes his gloves off, you're like, that's the equivalent of, like, a woman taking off her earring. I know, how funny is that, though? The Easter Bunny that was stuffed with $30,000 worth of meth. Oh my god! <laughs> I know. In April 2015, a drug dealer faced a dilemma. How to transport $30,000 worth <laughs> of meth without being detected? He decided to stuff the drug into an Easter bunny and mail it. As luck would have it, the stuffed bunny was sniffed out by a police dog in Tulsa County, Oklahoma, and the intended recipient, Carolyn Ross, was arrested by police. When cops sliced open the bunny, they found two condoms filled with meth with street value of $30,000. Officers uh, said that Ross confessed to knowing the drugs were in the mail and she was supposed to redistribute them to someone else. Mm, sure. They're not for me, it's for someone else. I'm holding them for a friend. <laughs> Who's your friend? Uh, the Easter uh, Bunny? <laughs> the Easter Bunny. The real guy? Yeah, the real one. The Easter Bunny and his assistant who attacked a mall patron. <laughs> a mall Easter Bunny and his wife were arrested on battery charges in 2006 in Fort Myers, Florida. The rambunctious bu- uh, rabbit a.k.a. Arthur McClure, then 22, allegedly struck a mall visitor who complained about the early closure of the photo line to meet the Easter Bunny. When she complained to the Bunny's assistant and significant other, Crystal Fritchett, then 22, or 25, the two women began to argue and Fritchett punched her in the face. (laughs) The 280-pound McClure then removed his bunny head and joined the fray. (laughs) The couple had been charged with misdemeanors for their alleged roles in the scuffle. See, as a person who worked in mall admin and like had to oversee those lines i totally understand how this happened (laughs) you're like yeah that sounds about right (laughs) yeah the easter bunny who assaulted a tsa agent with confetti valerie ball a radio personality from kansas spent three hours in a philadelphia international airport airport I can't talk. Holding cell in 2011 for pissing off a not-too-friendly TSA official who didn't find Valerie and her bunny costume funny at all. The (laughs) bunny lady was wearing a fuzzy pink rabbit ears at the time of the incident and was carrying a basket of colorful eggs after she made it past security and the eggs were safely back in her possession after going through the x-ray machine. A TSA official asked her what was in those eggs. She responded in kind, They're eggs filled with confetti. You want to see what's inside? Here you 
you go. You win. Let's find out together. And I put it on her head. I didn't think anything of it. The TSA agent wasn't amused, and the bunny lady was put into the airport prison and later charged with misdemeanor assault. All I can picture is Elle Woods. Right? <laughs> and legally blonde when she's wearing her pink bunny outfit. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's all I see. Mm-hmm. And I can, I can see it vividly. People do things sometimes, and I'm like, you didn't think before you did that, did you? <laughs> did you? Your brain was not worked it at was that time. not in that moment. Where was it? Mm-hmm. Not here. Not there. Not anywhere. <laughs> the Easter Bunny, who was stopped on a California highway for operating a motorcycle without a helmet. Even the Easter Bunny is not immune to the rules of the road. <laughs> In 2013, a California highway parole officer, or a patrol officer, made an unusual traffic stop when a man in a bunny suit was caught driving a motorcycle without a helmet. The officer, who was on a routine patrol on Interstate 8, observed the costume man traveling down the highway near San Diego. He proceeded to make a traffic stop after noticing the bunny's tall white ears were not covered with a helmet. He also said that the costume posed a safety concern as it was a visual impairment. The bunny told the officer he was headed to a charity event and then was sent away with a verbal warning. Jesus. Mm -hmm. The self-medicating Easter bunny who was caught popping pills on the job. We know kids can be a bit of a handful. (laughs) That's an understatement. (laughs) Right? But one Easter bunny took self-medication to an extreme after being busted on charges of illegal (laughs) possession of prescription drugs while performing at a Virginia mall in 2012. That does not even surprise me. I know. Joshua Lee Bowling, 24, was still in costume when escorted outside by cops at the Danville Mall. Mall employees had alerted the police after they noticed he was acting strangely during breaks from entertaining the children, and officials took mercy on the waiting kids by an escorted, escorted bowling out quietly before slapping the cuffs on him. Mom, the Easter Bunny's getting arrested. He's not gonna hide the chocolate before Easter. Imagine being one of those moms and being like, look at what I have to fucking deal with now. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> Fuck you. you think you need to self-medicate? <laughs> You're like, now I gotta listen to this kid cry the rest of the day because the bunny's not coming by. He's giving them shit chocolate. <laughs> dollar store Easter eggs. <laughs> Come on. You're not that sad. Let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) And then the Easter Bunny who harassed some high school students in a McDonald's parking lot. Woodward, Oklahoma police officers went rabbit hunting after receiving a call about a suspicious person dressed in an Easter Bunny suit harassing some students at a local restaurant. Police Lieutenant Monty Martin said a man in a Mazda convertible dressed in a rabbit suit (laughs) had allegedly disturbed some students from Elk nearby city. (laughs) What a picture. Right? By driving around their school bus while it was parked at McDonald's. By the time officers were able to respond to the call, the bunny had fled the scene. But Martin said officers were able to track down the vehicle and discovered the driver was, in fact, wearing a pink bunny costume. (laughs) He was let off with a verbal warning since officers had not witnessed him harassing any of the students. And then, last but not least, the couple who mistook an Easter bunny statue for a prowler. How does that even happen? Okay, but can we talk for a second about the word choice of... Prowler. Prowler. It sounds, it's a fun word to say, but it sounds so weird. Like, if I was to talk to you and be like, yeah, we had a bunch of prowlers out in the neighborhood last night, you'd be like, do you mean cats or like little punks? (laughs) 
little hooligan? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> this bunny was not at fault in any way, but was involved in a criminal investigation just the oh same. God. A couple in Duisburg, Germany, called the police on Easter Sunday, 2012, after being left frightened by an intimidating prowler near their home. They told officers they were in danger after spotting a tall, shadowy figure peering through their window. The officer call log read, about 1.80 meters tall, yellow shirt, blue check trousers, green rucksack, and a striking face. Once they arrived, officers were quick to apprehend the buck-toothed bunny statue, with one officer adding, we took him into custody, and he hasn't said much yet. It was a pretty good joke, and we're waiting for his owners to come get him. (laughs) (laughs) And that concludes my fun little list of Easter bunny crimes. Ah, 2012. What a year to be alive. What a year. I barely remember it. (laughs) It was the end of the world as we knew it. Ah, yes. Much like the 2000s. But I am ready for your crim. So, James Urban Rupert was born on March 29th, 1934 in Hamilton, Ohio. Rupert's early life was troubled. His mother, Charity, told him that she would have preferred to have a daughter as her second child. Mm -hmm. His father, Leonard, had a violent temper and held little affection for his two sons. Leonard died in 1947 when James and his little brother Leonard Jr. were aged 12 and 14 respectively. Leonard Jr. became the father figure of the family and consistently picked on James during their upbringing, often taunting him for being a weakling. At 16, James was so dissatisfied with his home life, he ran away and attempted to commit suicide by hanging himself with a sheet. He was unsuccessful and returned home. As an adult, Rupert stood five feet six inches and 35 pounds he was described as a modest bookish and did you say 35 pounds 135 pounds oh okay (laughs) i was like that is a thin man he was a stick he was a skeleton (laughs) (laughs) not even Sorry, continue. (laughs) He was described as modest, bookish, and helpful man who was unremarkable and quiet. Okay. In addition, he had no police record. I hope nobody ever describes me as unremarkable. (laughs) (laughs) What an insult. Excuse me, I am very animated, actually. (laughs) I have lots of great qualities. And a personality. I am cool. (laughs) Sorry. By 1975, Rupert was envious of his older brother's successful job and family. Rupert himself had dropped out of college after two years, then trained as a draftsman, although by 1975 he was unemployed and never married and was still living at home with his mother. In contrast, his older brother, Leonard Jr., had earned a degree in electrical engineering, had married James's ex-girlfriend, owned his own home in the city of Fairfield, and had eight children. Oh, that's a lot of kids. You got it going on. Yeah, that's a life. That's a life right there. <laughs> that's a lot of shit. That's a lot of things to do. <laughs> he was very busy. Busy man. Charity was frustrated with James's inability to hold a steady job and had and his constant drinking. She had threatened to evict him from her home on more than one occasion. James also owed his mother and brother money, having lost much of what little cash he had in the stock market crash of 1973. In February of 1975, James inquired about silencers for his weapons. While purchasing ammunition, his behavior in general became more unusual as he neared the breaking point, battling a deep depression. On March 29th, 1975, his 45 
21st birthday, witnesses had seen him engaging in target practicing shooting tin cans with his .357 Magnum along the banks of the Great Miami River in Hamilton. On March 29th, 1975, James went out as he did nearly every night at the 19th Hole Cocktail Lounge where he talked with an employee named Wanda Bishop, a 28-year-old mother of five. She would later state that James told her he was frustrated with his mother's demands on him and his impending eviction that he needed to solve the problem. According to Bishop, Rupert stated that his mother had complained that if he could afford to buy a beer seven nights a week, he could afford to pay rent. Rupert left the... Yeah. Kind of fair. <laughs> he left the bar at 11 p.m. that night and later returned. Okay. When Bishop asked him if he solved the problem, he replied, no, not yet, and he stayed at the bar until it closed at 2.30 a.m. The next day, on Easter Sunday, March Ooh. 30th, 1975, Rupert's brother, Leonard, and his wife, Alma, brought their eight children, ranging from four years old to 17 years old, to see their grandmother at the house on Minor Avenue. Mm-hmm. Rupert stayed upstairs, sleeping off a night of drinking while the other family members performed an easter egg hunt on the front lawn at one they say performed (laughs) performed like it's a theater theater production they performed the easter egg hunt on the front patio (laughs) it was a theatrical event broadway (laughs) easter egg take me to broadway At one point, Charity was preparing lunch in the kitchen in the company of Leonard Jr. and Alma. Most of the children were playing in the living room. Around 4 p.m., James woke up, loaded a .357 Magnum, two .22 caliber handguns, and a rifle. Sorry, I don't speak gun speak, so that probably sounded weird. I don't either. It sounds like a lot, though. He loaded his guns. His goons. And a rifle. His weapons. Then went downstairs. Entering the kitchen, he first shot and killed his brother, Leonard, then his sister-in-law and his mother. Next, he took the life of his nephew, David, and his nieces, Teresa and Carol, all in the confines of the kitchen. Rupert then proceeded to the living room where he killed his niece, Anne, and his four remaining nephews, Leonard III, Michael, Thomas, and John. That's insane. One child had been shot once in the chest. The remaining ten victims had been shot three times to ensure they had died. Oh my god. The only sign of a struggle at the crime scene was one overturned waste paper bin. The Butler County coroner theorized that Rupert had likely shot some victims more than once to prevent anyone from escaping. The massacre was over within five minutes. That's crazy. He just lost his mind. He did. That's so sad. That's really, really upsetting. Easter Sunday? Aww. They were just trying to have a nice family day and their drunk uncle comes in and takes them all out. After spending three hours in the house, James finally called the police to report the shooting. He waited just inside the front door for authorities to arrive. The murder shocked the town of Hamilton and the entire county. Those who knew James Rupert did not think he was capable of violence, especially at the magnitude of this particular massacre. By all accounts, neighbors considered the Ruperts a nice family. James was arrested and charged that day with 11 counts of aggravated homicide. He refused to answer questions asked by the police and was very uncooperative. He made it clear that he would plead insanity, which, I mean... That is a crazy thing to do. You kind of have to be insane to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Just saying. That is fair, yeah. Putting that out there. County Prosecutor John Holcomb viewed the crime scene and stated that 
that there was so much blood on the first floor, it was dripping through the floorboards into the basement, which to this day can still be seen on the wood. Rupert had fired- That place is for sure haunted. I would never move in. No. You'd be never. Like, you'd be like, honey, why is the roof of the basement red? Oh, I think this is that house that had that- All the ten people- Eight children ma- died here. The ten person massacre. Yeah, nothing much. It's nice. fine. It's a fixer-upper. <laughs> What's a fixer-upper? <laughs> Rupert had fired a total of 35 rounds and all four weapons were recovered at the scene. All 11 victims were buried in buried. Ar- Arlington Memorial Gardens in Cincinnati, Ohio. A year later, the house was open to the public and all of its contents were auctioned off. I would never buy anything from that house. No, it's all haunted. For sure. Uh, 10 people died? Obviously haunted. Clearly. I think it was 10. Yeah, 10. 10? Because it was... No, 11. Yeah, 11 11. people. It was then cleaned, recarpeted, and rented to a a family new to the area. Of course! (laughs) Of course! This is why you never move from where you're from. (laughs) Because then you'll end a house like this and nobody tells you. Every horror movie ever. This is the plot. Literally. (laughs) And then... Moral of the story, stay home. (laughs) Never go anywhere. (laughs) It's probably haunted. Airbnb. Just do Airbnb. (laughs) Oh my god. Um, uh, (laughs) (laughs) You keep laughing, but you're covering your mouth, so I'm kind of worried. The new family later left the house, claiming that they were hearing voices and other unexplained noises. Shocking. (laughs) Shocking. I know, right? Wonder what that was all about. Because there's obviously ghosts. (laughs) Other families have moved in and out, and the house is still occupied. The original trial was held in Hamilton, Ohio. The three-judge panel found Rupert guilty on 11 counts of murder and sentenced him to life in prison. A mistrial was declared, and it was decided on the retrial that it would be held in Findlay, Ohio, 125 miles north because it was believed he could not receive a fair trial in the city of Hamilton because everybody knew, everybody knew and the juries would have a bias because they would have heard they about... known, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's that on those grounds. Okay. I get it. Yeah. The second trial began in June 1975 and prosecutors revealed evidence involving the witnesses who had seeing Rupert engaging in target practice, asking about silencers for his gun collection, and admitting that his mother's expectations were a problem that he needed to solve. In July 1975, Rupert received 11 consecutive life sentences. I I feel like that's fair. Yeah. On appeal, a new trial was granted in 1982. Oh my god. Defense attorney Hugh D. Holbrook convinced his client was insane personally funded the hiring of expert psychiatrists and psychologists from all over the county, or country. Okay. Not county, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, in a county, they sure have a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm one of them. (laughs) On July 23rd, 1982, another three-judge panel found Rupert guilty on two counts of first-degree murder, his mother and brother, but found him not guilty on the other nine counts of murder by reason of insanity. He received one life sentence for each count to be served consecutively. Because capital punishment had been suspended in the United States from 1972 to 1976 as a result of the Supreme Court's decision in Fergman versus Georgia, and because of the massacre on Minor Avenue had occurred in 1975, 
Rupert could not receive the death penalty for his crimes. Rupert remains incarcerated in the Allen Oakwood Correctional Institute in Lima, Ohio. On June 1995, he was granted a visit before the state parole board at the age of 61, but his release was denied. Obviously. I would hope so. <laughs> Round of applause for them. Woo! He received another hearing in April 2015, which was again denied. The next hearing is set for April 2025, when he will be 91 years old. Mm, just leave him there. I feel like he should not come out of prison. If he snapped and killed 11 people, it might be better to just keep him there. I get that he was really jealous of his brother who tormented him as a kid, so that kind of makes sense. And his mother had all these expectations. You understand the contributing factors, but not... Okay, I understand those two, but the sister-in-law and her eight children had nothing to do with it. The innocent people in it. They had literally nothing to do with it, so that is just cold blood murder. I know, and that's another thing too is that you could even stretch to say, well, oh, of course, because his brother married this lady, he would have to take her out because she didn't know what he did as a child. No. She, she was just a person who fell in love with someone and had as they were as she knew him. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> My thing though is to, especially with kids, I don't care who the people were involved in making the kids. The kids have nothing to do with anything. Literally nothing. They're just there on Easter having a good time. They're kids. Making memories with their family. and They're literal children. They didn't deserve to be murdered like that by their uncle. No. They're thinking, uh, this man who's supposed to love me and care about me is now going around killing everybody I love and care about and I guess I'm next. That's terrifying. Mm -hmm. Can you even imagine? I would never want to be in a situation like that. No. Ugh, and the fact that he shot them more than once just to make sure they didn't escape is disgusting. Well, yeah, and that's, that's what you were saying before. That's somebody who is definitely in a place of cold, cold-heartedness, right? I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> I'm gonna throw up. I'm gonna throw up. But yeah, that is a, that's a heavy one. <laughs> Happy Easter! It's Good Friday. <laughs> Eat lots of fish. Don't. Or not, if you're veggie... If you're a vegetarian, A vegan. A veggie vegan. A vegan. A vegan. A vegan. (laughs) Yeah. I do think that concludes our episode for this week, though. It does. And now we get to spin our wheel of crime to find out what we're going to talk about next week. Ooh, that was quite the voice you did there. (laughs) Are you featuring for your children's show again? Hello, kitties. (laughs) Don't do that. You sound sound like you might be auditioning for it. (laughs) Yes. Obviously. Cast me, Stephen King. Cast me. (laughs) She's ready. I'm ready. All right, let's do this. All right, next week we're doing inclement weather crime. (laughs) How exciting. (laughs) Yes, quite. That was actually a very... Tricky. Tricky topic. I... To research. Mm-hmm. I have prepared my story already for that one. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while to find a crime. Because apparently crime actually goes down when there's inclement weather. Uh, yeah. Weather. I guess I guess we'll have to find out. <laughs> Next week on... Wheel... Oh. Okay. The Wheel, Wheel of, of Crime! crime! Tiny drum roll. Yes. All right. Well, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Wheel of Crime. And if you could leave us a five-star rating on iTunes, that would be so wonderful. 
Mm-hmm. And you can also reach us at our email, which is wheelofcrime at gmail.com. We will see you next Friday, when folks. You're, when you're listening to us on either Stitcher, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Boop, boop. We'll see you then. All right. Have a good one, guys. Happy Easter. Happy. Happy. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Don't get murdered. Oh, that's dark. <laughs> <laughs>